1: Welcome to the family with special guests Steve Hunnigs,
0: Melissa Kirk,
1: Andy Marpernard, and Doug Sprinthal Dougie, Dougie, Dougie. Now we're cooking with gas. You're not using the same razor today. I know. Well, I did this part. I didn't do this part. Oh, you part. did the under yeah. part? I didn't do any of it. I got lazy. It's unbelievable. I got to meet with my lawyer after the show, so I decided not to dress up. You don't want to ever dress up to go see a lawyer, do you, never, Steve? Never.
2: Especially if they're French. I'm very
1: poor. I want to <laughs> It's a good route to take. Steve Hunting's with us, ladies and gentlemen, in studio, the Jewish Community Relations Council on Minnesota and the Dakotas. We talked about this uh, last week on the show, and I'm glad Steve was able to come in because I, we'll be right back and we'll discover why anti-Semitism seems to be on the rise. It makes no sense. We'll find out right after this with the family. It's been, good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. been good. And how do they contact you? At
3: uh, e- Either through our website, which is MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com, MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com, or at
1: 800 770 7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm we'll talk about it on a year. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: <clears throat> Melissa's leaving. She's going to get me some coffee.
1: Well, she is. I didn't even know we were back. We are back. Was I ripping anybody?
2: What do you mean we're kind of back? We're going to do a Walzer commercial as soon as you say something. Oh, I try to keep forgetting you've got
1: to do a Walzer. Ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. We've been doing this for what seven years and still can't get it right. Well, there is that, (laughs) and I I get distracted easily. Is the problem? I
2: know. News on the Tour to Cure. We've been trying to sign people up uh, for the ride, which is Saturday, June 1st from 9 to... We'll be back about 11.30. Andrew Walzer and his daughter just agreed to ride with us for the first time this year. And Andrew is... uh, he's type 2. So he'll be one of those. I, Michael Bryant will scream, Go Red Rider, at him for two and a half hours. <laughs> this should be just absolutely awesome.
4: It should be good. It's actually.
2: a worthy cause. Please join us if you can. Uh, you can email me at, at com and I'll get you all the details. You need to sign up probably within about the next 10 or 12 days because you can't wait till the last minute because you won't get a race packet and all that kind of stuff. So. And if you can't ride for some reason and just want to donate money, go to their website, diabetes.org. Look for Team KQ Walzer, and we've had some really generous donations from podcast listeners, morning show listeners, and some uh, local competitive uh, car dealers, which I think is super. So June
1: 1st, Doug at com. make it happen. We shall make it happen, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be great. As a matter of fact, I got a call from the the Tour to Cure people, and they said, because of the money you donated, you get... Uh, an, a cup, two articles of clothing, and I said, What does everybody else want? And I said, They want the jerseys, and I said, I'll take the jackets because <laughs> you don't want to leave them, you know, if that's what they want, you don't want to take the, the jerseys, right? So, what they're
2: what you because you've raised over a thousand dollars. Mike Bryant's done this every year as well, right? Brad, John Bryant um you'll get to invited to the champions dinner which is the night before the ride and friday night that won't be happening no i know i but i'm just (laughs) letting you know so you can prepare a noteworthy excuse i'm sorry friday nights is when i work with the orphans yes that's exactly
1: right dandy over there playing video games feeding back or something walzer automotive group walzer.com and we don't have bumper music ba 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 yeah Cassie is uh often running she's where did she go she went to california
0: uh yes i
1: think yeah she's there uh her husband has a new uh, effort I, I don't even think i can say at this point what it is but he's involved in his national effort it's uh
2: pornography isn't it
1: no i'm hoping not because Just even picturing darkness, Dave, naked (laughs) is too much for
2: me. That's why they call him
1: darkness. (laughs) That's why they call him darkness, Dave. You could do that, but do it in darkness. Yeah, that's probably it. Steve Hunting's with us, ladies and gentlemen. Steve came on the the morning show because I did ask the question on the air. I don't really understand the rise in anti-Semitism. I do know that as a child, and Steve and, uh, you know, Doug and Andy and I were just talking about the fact that you still hear people say things that for some reason they think that it's okay. Uh, Minnesota, well, Minneapolis was the most anti-Semitic city in the world after Berlin fell, and people don't know that. But um, I was hoping we made made some progress with not, you know, maybe being anti-Semitic, but I, apparently I fooled myself. Is that right?
4: You know me, time after having been on your show, and thanks for the opportunity oh, no problem. to come Great on the podcast. I'm an eternal optimist, so we always start from that perspective. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And positively speaking, you talk about Minneapolis, the distance this community has come for the most part since the time you talk about 1945 and before. The city was, in many ways, deeply segregated before, and it wasn't just Mm -hmm. Jews, African-Americans, Japanese-Americans, and the like, and there were places for all groups where they couldn't live, where they couldn't eat, where they couldn't work, just Mm -hmm. like perhaps a city in the south. When Humphrey was elected mayor in 45, he decided what was wrong, but two, was retarding the economic development of the city. So he set about to address it, and he actually convened a committee of experts in labor and unions and Jews and Gentiles and Catholics and Protestants and people from all walks of life. Thanks for not throwing me in with Gentiles. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And what did they discover, indeed, that... The city was deeply segregated and Minneapolis in forty seven passed amongst the first open housing and anti job discrimination ordinances applying to the city of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. You know, Humphrey's elected the Senate in forty eight and ultimately becomes one of the architects of the nineteen sixty four Civil Rights Act. But what he learned in Minneapolis, he brought to the Senate. So you can see the struggles that we were all engaged in back in that time ultimately ultimately bore fruit nationally with the civil rights right. legislation. So I'm talking about that in a positive vein. Another marker was The discrimination against Jews was so profound in Minneapolis, they could not belong to the AAA, because the AAA maintained a country club where there was a kitchen and a restaurant. And so they figured that people did not want to mix with Jews, therefore they could not join the AAA. So that's about 1945, 1946. In 1973, a family friend, Jerry Ugand, who was at First Bank, was elected, appointed, Commodore of the Aquitennial, he's Jewish. Mm -hmm. So you go from 45, and of course that's the great civic celebration of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to have a Jew (coughs) as the head Commodore marked this huge change. So what's that, about 28 years? So it took about a generation Mm -hmm. for things to change significantly. But you also correctly point out that we're seeing, let's not use the word anti-Semitism, we can use it, let's just call it Jew hatred. Okay. Yes, Jew hatred. I get, not say that too loud. That was, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> was a little too right. That was a little too Because especially there. the violent aspects of it, anti-Semitism yeah, yeah. is is almost an antiseptic way of describing it.
1: Well, I think most people don't realize that there are some Arabs who are Semites.
4: Well, there, there's a whole all sorts of issues with Sem- Semitism, right. and that's, that's, that's a phrase from saying. the 19th yeah. century. That right, wrote. exactly. Right, yeah. And people
1: don't know that, though. I don't think they do know that.
4: That was actually a phrase... Invented by an anti-Semite Anti-Semitism <laughs> So, okay. th- so there, there you have it It tells us why we should nice be stuff. careful of the phrase But of course it's at this point deeply embedded In our consciousness But you know, On one hand, like I said on the show last week Minnesota, North Dakota And South Dakota, I'm all over the three states We travel, mm-hmm. we do a lot of programming 225,000 square miles of paradise That's what I call it between the, <laughs> between the, You are an optimist you know, <laughs> yeah, Between, between right, the right, three yeah. states i got a job for you that? actually that's very funny. More often, my work, our work, is this, is characterized by philo-Semitism. is, people liking Jews, people wanting to work with us, people respecting mm-hmm. Jews, and vice versa. It's all reciprocal. At the same time, you can't deny there are some awful things happening in the world, just in our oh, country. That, yeah, FBI statistics show that hate crimes based on religion against Jews are up about 38% year over year, 2017 to 2016. In the past year, violent, now we're talking violent, aggressive acts towards Jews up 13%. Really? Now, you can bookend Pittsburgh, Yitzchayim murders, October, Pome attack, yeah. Chabad, San Diego, uh, just a couple weeks ago. And remember what we also talked about? It's just not against Jews and attacking houses of worship. No. It's Muslims in Christchurch, New Zealand. It's African-Americans at the AME yeah. Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. Easter Sunday attacks on Catholic Church yeah. in Sri Lanka, right? There is a level of depravity in the world that we're seeing that's almost unbelievable when you're attacking people at prayer. People are going for consolation. People exactly. are going for counseling, pastoral services. And now you can't feel safe in your house of worship.
1: Do you think, Steve, that it was a big mistake by by former President Obama? You still call him president when they're not president anymore. You? you still <laughs> call him president, Yeah, I think right? you're
2: prez for life.
1: When President Obama and Hillary Clinton came out and said that they attacked Easter worshipers, they wouldn't use the word Christian. What is that?
4: I, I don't get it. I don't know what... I guess I missed that oh, point. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I missed that point that they called them... No, they did. Easter worshipers. Easter worship. and, that, and that's... One would hope, given the circumstances. I'm not making a political statement here, but no, 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 we're no, not. I just no, what they they said, I, you know. You would <clears> throat> express throat> it as Christians call it what it is. Yeah, that's people, all. People, Jews, people, people, say. It Christians seemed
2: odd to me about that. If if either one of the two would use that phrase, they would have gone, yeah, okay, it's just a. Dip. But the fact that they both used it, oh, so it was it's such like an a, odd comment. Yeah, it was like 20. It 20 means people. that they would have had to have had some communication going on purpose. Let's not label them as Christians. we'll it just—I I don't get it. I don't well, understand why. Did you ever see the show Trial
1: and Error? I haven't. Very very funny TV. No no no, no. Right it's a very very funny show. But in the first episode, for the first season of it, they're Southerners because it's in East Peck, South Carolina. Is that where it is? Yeah, it's, it's some young kid. He was a uh, uh, who's
2: Jewish, and I think he's from New York. that yeah. Gets sent down to. It, it's kind of a
1: modern uh, Marissa Tomei. Uh, yeah. Version. Anyway, tell That's the rest Phenomenal. The so, so he walks in, and, and the guy said, uh, guys, look at him. He goes, um, are you a, uh, a Northeasterner? And he puts, his, he puts, like, his fingers up to make a big nose, and they refer to Jews as Northeasterners. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> okay, whatever. You know, I will tell you this. In ni- uh, 22 years after you're talking about 1967, I was dating this, this young girl in South uh, Minneapolis, and I went to pick her up, I'm 16, I went to pick her up, She's was going to go to a movie or something on a Saturday afternoon, I went to pick her up and her father answered the door. And he goes, hi uh, hey, Tom, I understand you're Catholic, you're Roman Catholic. And I said, yeah I am. He goes, we're Missouri Synod Lutheran, and shut the door in my face. I will never forget that as long as I live. It's like, whoa, that's a little out there. <clears throat> And we're talking. (laughs) He's like, what? What? Oh, I'll never forget that as long
4: as I live. Listen, it's not as though anti Semitism, oops, sorry, I'm using the word. No, anti anti Semitism was. Real Jew hating, yeah. Or discrimination, prejudice, has only impacted Jews on a religious basis. Every group has suffered. Every group has suffered. You talk about being Catholic, and did you go to Ascension Parish?
1: No, we went to St. Joseph's, which was uh, right on eleventh uh, and fourth street, just a block a block south of Plymouth Avenue and Fourth Street. It's where I ninety four crosses over okay. Plymouth Avenue. That was where the church and the school used to be. And then I went to St. Anne's up on twenty sixth and Queen.
4: Michael O'Connell, former priest now, Michael O'Connell. Yeah. Lovely yeah, I, man. You know yep. he's so strong the associated ascension, what a great friend of the Jewish community over yeah, the years. Yeah, Absolutely. My uh, you know, my dad grew up in the neighborhood. We were talking about mm-hmm. graduate in 1949, yep. so a lot of the kids, a lot of Catholic kids, a lot of Catholic kids from Ascension, and he always says that their baseball games or summer baseball games when they're sixth graders, seventh graders, so eighth graders always ended up in fights. Right, the Jewish kids <laughs> and the Catholic kids. But well, he said yeah, by the time yeah. by the time they went to high school, they all became friends when they were all at North because together.
1: Their brains developed well.
4: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's part of it, yeah. But you talk about let's talk about the Catholics for a second because. One of the great success stories in interfaith relations, particularly amongst Jews and Catholics in North America, Mm -hmm. has been the positive relationships that have developed. In 1965, the Vatican issued a proclamation called the Nostra Aetate, which is Latin for in our time, Mm -hmm. that said, now this is in the aftermath of World War II, it's in the aftermath of the Holocaust, it's in the aftermath of Vatican II, in the Reformation of the Church, but the... Ostratate said three things: one, anti-Semitism is a sin against God; two, the idea that Jews are collectively responsible for the death of Jesus, deicide, is wrong; and three, that the Jewish covenantal relationship with God remains intact, even though the Christians have their belief in the resurrection of Jesus. It mm-hmm. so was a huge development because what it did is what it did is it recognized Judaism and Christianity via Catholic Church. Is essentially on equal footing, plus said anti-Semitism is just out of bounds completely. you look now fifty years later, and this is something we celebrated all over our territory and the relations between Jews and Catholics and hopefully most Christians is tremendously positive we're talking about mm-hmm. some yeah. of the difficult things that we see, but it's really important to keep in mind the progress that's been made in see the various journeys of the popes to israel they go to the western wall they go to yad Vashem. they meet right. the prime minister these huge photo opportunities these powerful moments of the head of the catholic church and judaism and israel <coughs> and it's all force for good so you're catholic you were raised catholic right. you, you went to the school and the church in northeast north minneapolis take great you should take great pride we should all take great pride in the progress that's been made over the years. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I just want us to all keep that in mind, too.
1: What I really understand is Jesus was a Jew, so how can you hate all Jews if Jesus was a Jew?
4: It makes no sense. Oh, well, that's uh, a a profound question. A Part of it arose from the fact that the Jews of the time were accused of calling for the execution of Jesus, so that became a convenient way to scapegoat Jews. Now, you have to keep in mind, there are all sorts of uh, politics in the church, mm-hmm. and the church did yeah. not want necessarily offend the Romans so because oh, they were the yeah. power of the time. Right. So let's blame this on the Jews, right? And it's all part of the evolution of Judaism and Christianity in the first century and beyond and the separation of the two religions too. So not only was there this false historical narrative circulating, but there was a reason for it too. You know, mm-hmm. People far more learned than me can talk about this at greater length but that was some of the motivation in ancient times for the division between Judaism and Christianity
1: yeah I, I th- this whole and basically there's a, the, first of all there's no proof that any of that stuff ever happened to tell you the truth that, that anybody killed Jesus I mean there's no actual proof that it happened
4: well, I'm not in here to undermine no, the no, no. foundation of, stories so of Christianity. I'm, right? I'm just saying, I, but everybody's in, everyone should believe but their Steve. story. <laughs> See, here's what I'm saying, yeah.
2: Steve. As he delicately yeah. skates <laughs> out some
1: <very> thin ice. <laughs> no, I, but but what I'm saying is, my mother was an ardent Roman Catholic. She just loved being Roman Catholic. Sure. We never had any of that in my house. The the, the hating Jews or anything. it. just didn't happen. Uh, maybe that was because of where I grew up or whatever. Just the, you know, we all were kind of shoved over there and what i love is north minneapolis from the river to the city border on you know theater worth parkway <laughs> they surrounded it with the freeway so he couldn't get out <laughs> it's hilarious it was like yeah the whole thing is surrounded by the by the uh, by the freeway
4: well you put your figure actually on something tragic <clears> or <throat> more than tragic uh, ugly the way the freeway, freeway was used in 94 it practically eliminated the great rondo neighborhood yeah, right? oh, absolutely, it was, absolutely which was a real one would it's say Paul, yeah. at the risk of overspeaking, a crime against the culture
2: there's against no african-american
4: culture yeah and you know who can't go back in that time maybe you could i'm not sure that there's any evidence that was deliberately done to impair african-american culture but people had to realize it was going to have that impact right to go yeah, through oh, the yeah, neighborhood it's yeah. an historic neighborhood right my dear friend father eric rutton is the pastor for St. Peter Claver, which is a traditional African-American Catholic congregation mm-hmm. in St. Paul, which is at the edge of the traditional Rondo neighborhood right. in 90, 90, ninety-four, And they still live with the pain of that dislocation. Oh, yeah, they do. Absolutely. Yeah, do. yeah you know, I don't, I'm not one to dwell in the unfortunate incidents of the past, other than that we need to learn from them, first of all, but also mm-hmm. understand that we collectively did things to other communities. Let's just take, for example, Rondo, which to say the least were not respectful of african-american culture or tradition Mm -hmm. right and we have to recognize it in 2019
1: you know what i want to talk about because you have to take a break here in about 20 seconds but i want to talk about the fact that now for some reason people on the far edges the far right and the far left um they're not exactly the far left is not exactly supporting jews in america right now and i don't understand that at all uh, the things that people say and people do, I, I just, I don't know why they're trying to hurt people. If you're supposed to be so religious on the right or or so liberal and forgiving on the left, why do you harm people on a daily basis? I don't get it. Steve Hunting's our special guest. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes with Steve. Tomber, 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 Tomber Tomber Art here for Whiting Clinic, LASIK, and Cataract. Spring is here, and there's no better time to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them I sent you and save 500 bucks on your LASIK.
0: Offer expires June 21st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers.
1: I'm the bumper music. I'm the bumper. What do you think? <laughs> Cassie is, uh, Cassie's on tour. She's gone out gone to see her husband, Darkness Dave. He's, uh. Let me just say this. He's filming something in Los Angeles, and that's where she is. Uh, I can't tell you yet what it is, but it'll be pretty damn cool. He's going to be a, a star of this thing, one of the stars in the thing. It's going to be really, really nice. Steve Hunting's in studio. We're talking about um, basically about what it means to be alive these days. We're just kind of briefly off the show. We're talking about 1967, 1968. Uh, 1967, they started burning my neighborhood to the ground. And it was so weird to look out because i was 15 16 at the time to look out at all of that and and see the entire avenue on fire i mean it was weird to watch that happen
2: here's the interesting thing about that because you see it on social media all the time it's like we've never been more divided than we are now it's
1: like well let's see there was 1968 there was the civil
2: war yeah a
1: couple little things Mm -hmm. Well, that's the fear that I have. This reminds me, right now reminds me a lot of the 60s. It really does, because we started dividing and dividing and dividing. You know
2: and what, what, I think about this a lot, but what seems to me to be different is that that was more of a separate... There was a racial component, too, but it was yeah, more was, of a separation yeah. of age, right? There was so yeah, I think so. I think were so many baby boomers that were just becoming politically aware and active and protesting the war and all that sort of stuff that it was real. And now it's. it doesn't seem to be as age-related. It's more left-right political spectrum. Yeah, it is, because
1: there's a great divide there, which I don't really understand. I I, I just, I think, I tend to be a centrist, and maybe even a little left of center, just a little, I I just kind of look at the whole thing, and yet, you know, publications like the Star Tribune love to claim that I'm a racist, and a sexist, and a homophobe, and why do they like to do damage when they know it's not true? They know that I'm none of those things. Why do they do that? I don't get it.
2: I do. You know what their what business model is, right? They're trying to sell advertising. Mm-hmm. Well, and What do they need to sell advertising is people to read the paper.
1: Uh, well, I so so good. They throw my entire family into the bus. Andy had to grow up with that, with, with his father being <laughs> called those names. Mm-hmm. That probably wasn't all that comfortable, Andy, I wouldn't think. So how do they not consider, well, you know, this guy, uh, first of all, first... Public figure to advocate for gay marriage many decades before I it was like 25, maybe even 30 years ago now, advocated for same-sex marriage. The only one in America would do it, but now somehow I'm a I'm a homophobe. I don't. Where do I? Why do they want to go out of their way to harm people? I guess that's why Steve, you're here. Why do people want to go out of their way? Because I don't see anything that's really happened with the Jewish community in the past couple of years for them to all of a sudden come up with this, uh, especially. I don't know about Ilan Omar, I don't know much about her, but boy, she likes to kind of, in some ways veiled, and other ways not so veiled, go after Jews. She loves doing that. I don't get it. What is that?
4: Take a step back. I'm sorry to hear about your, I think I've read about them, your issues with the Star Tribune. <laughs> I think I've read about them, <laughs> yes, yeah. you have. Exactly. Ah. <laughs> You know, from our perspective, the newspaper's have been very good to us over the years, and I have a lot yeah, of commentary they they, pieces, absolutely. and they're very supportive, and yep, I many really... of the editors and writers cover our stories, and they're very highly professional. Up until now. exactly. And the like, all I can say is, for whenever I have friends on one side and people who, you know, aren't happy with something that somebody I know, I mean, I'm always happy to talk to somebody or say, yeah, you know, yeah. I've been on Tom Bernard's show, he seems like a great guy, and he... I'm, I'm always trying to be helpful in an intermediary. It's a good thing. You know, we always adopt our own version of the Hippocratic, Hippocratic oath: first do no harm." So, if we can help some, mm. sort of the opposite, if we can help somebody, help a relationship, we're happy to do it. That so, works. Just, that so works. Uh, you're right. And uh, trying to stay away from personalities today. Let's just talk about sort of facts on the ground. First yeah, that's of all, good. Yes, first facts all, are good. Facts are good. Facts yeah. are good. Yes, yep. it's no mystery that we've had our issues with Representative Omar. You can go online; and you can see all my different press pieces yeah, associated yep, with that yep. issue. Tonight, by the way, Temple Israel at uh, 6.30 or 7 o'clock, ADL, JCRC, two mosques, uh, Temple Israel, Rabbi Zimmerman, Eddie Luger from Jones Day Law Firm, former U.S. attorney. We are having a program which is all about strengthening the relationships between Somalis and Jews. Okay, the Somali mm, American wow. community, yep, Jewish yep. American community in the Twin Cities. We want to move on. We want to move on and demonstrate that there are longstanding, important, strong relationships between Jews and Somalis. Again, back to my thesis statement, let's try to be positive in life. Okay. Yeah. On the um, other hand, like let's, let's recognize some serious issues. And Doug and uh, Tom, you've put your finger on it, in the sense that a place where the extreme left and the extreme right meet, isn't their hatred of jews there's no question about it yeah on the left true. side yeah, it true. tends to take the form of hyper criticism well beyond criticism actually hatred yeah. of the state of israel okay so much so that the language that the tactics go overboard well overboard and are anti-semitic just because of the depth of the disdain the depth of the ignorance and the depth of what it is that's expressed on the right what do you have? The traditional conspiracy theories about Jews. Jews control right, the banks, right. Jews control <laughs> this, and you know, these attackers. Where,
2: where is the deep state? I've been looking all over for it, and <laughs> well, I can't he, find it anywhere. They don't have a forwarding address. Yeah. The,
4: the murderer in Pittsburgh, Yeah, he was inspired right. by what he read online. Again, a whole different discussion of the dangers presented by social media. Oh, God, yes. We can have oh, a long discussion oh, yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. But he attacked this shul, the synagogue, Eitz Chaim, in Pittsburgh, because he understood it, actually, that they supported the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society Mm -hmm. and the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society helps immigrants that come in the United States, right? So he sort of put in his own sick way, put this all together ha, it's part of the Jewish conspiracy to bring immigrants in the United States to overwhelm the white majority, you know, in in that white supremacist Mm -hmm. mode, right? So they want to attack and kill Jews from the right for the reasons that we identified. On the left, we have these people that are so profoundly haters of Israel that they express themselves in the most obscene ways. So where do they come together? Hating Jews, you know, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the Rabbi Emeritus of the Chief Rabbi Emeritus of the United Kingdom, is a brilliant writer, prolific guy. He says, and this is a good shorthand way to sort of encapsulate the history of anti-Semitism: Jews have been hated over the years, first for their religion. Then their race, you know, during the times of the bogus mm-hmm. race theories. Yeah. And now their state, Israel, yeah, which right, is a pretty right. good pretty good way of looking at things. Of course, mm-hmm. there's some combinations of those pieces, but it's a good shorthand way to keep things in mind. And by the way, and this is my gift to you, speaking about Israel today, Yom Ha'atzmahut, Israel's 71st anniversary, a wonderful day mm-hmm. of joy. I'm giving you this video documentary called Above and Beyond, its story Nancy Spielberg, Steven Spielberg's sister, and a respected mm-hmm. documentarian in her own white. 101 Squadron is Israel's first squadron, made up of primarily foreign volunteers who came for the War of Independence in 1948. Israel, of course, had no... Israel's created out of scratch. Mm-hmm. They had right, be, right. And they couldn't develop their own army during the British mandate and had to li- literally put together an army very quickly from an underground force they had called the Haganah. but they also needed an air arm. But there were no other than... No, Trained, except for a few in World War II, pilots, so they had to go abroad. And one of the people that went abroad was this gentleman named Leon Frankel from St. Paul. Maybe you've heard yeah. the name before. Leon was a highly decorated World War II naval aviator. Flew off the Yorktown and the Lexington, and won Navy Cross and two Distinguished Flying Crosses. You know, and just over and over again, because I, I over and over mm. oh, playing other episodes. So there you go. There you go. And he, uh, in fact. Here he is in his uh, TBM Avenger. He put a torpedo in the Ahagi, which was an escort ship for the Yamato, which was this huge Mm -hmm. Japanese super battleship that was attempting to destroy the American fleet at Okinawa. And that was one of the distinguished flying crosses he won. He was one of the last people, actually, to help sink a ship with a torpedo at the end of World War II. Yeah, but more to the point, he ends up flying in Squadron 101 because he was asked by sort of a mysterious figure... He would go a mysterious figure. figure oh yeah, because <laughs> by doing this, you put your citizenship at risk. Oh yeah, yeah. And the yeah. government, country was very, the government was very serious about people fighting for foreign powers. Mm-hmm. But of course, Leon was Jewish, felt very close to it, and he first ended up in Czechoslovakia, where they learned to fly. Get this, Czech-built Messerschmitts. So the first planes oh, of the wow. Israel Air Force were German planes. That's all they could get. They learned to fly, and they brought them over to. Israel after the birth of the state. And he flew 25 more missions in Israel and helped stop the Egyptian advance on Tel Aviv. So this tells the story of the 101, and I gift it to you. you. It's a fabulous uh, documentary. Leon, because he had a wry sense of humor, is often there's a lot of interview with him. And at one point he says, this is sort of captures Leon, he says, I hear I found myself in a German airplane with a German flying suit learning. To fly with German instructions, and I said to him and myself, What's a nice Jewish boyfriend, St. Paul, doing in a place like this?
1: <laughs> well, there <laughs> you go. There you
4: go. But on honor of Israel's Independence Day in 71 years, I give this documentary to you.
1: Well, I'll tell you, that now it's the, I know I have another Frankel I can admire. Victor Frankel is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a,
4: it's Unbelievable. a great psychoanalyst of all time. Of all time. Yeah. And I, do people know Victor Frankel? Not so much anymore. No, they? Don't. Anymore. I mean, he, he talked. I mean, he had very incisive studies about totalitarianism in mm-hmm. the situations in which he lived. So it's kind of bringing it together because I think Victor Franco was a Holocaust survivor. He was absolutely. When he went back at some point, uh, Leon finally said, "Enough is enough." You know, I survived World War II, and I've survived yeah, so the, right. the, the Israel's War of Independence. It was time to go home, and he's leaving, and he's in Haifa, the port city, and he sees survivors of the Holocaust who are now able to immigrate to Israel, because there's no more restrictions in immigration, Mm -hmm. and they're getting off the boat and they're kissing the ground. And he says to himself, and it's in the movie, he says, I knew then and there why it is that I had come.
1: Yeah, and those stories are so amazing to me. You were right about Viktor Frankl, by the way. He was uh, a Holocaust survivor. He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. If you've never read it, you should definitely read it. It's one of the greatest books ever written, talking about that very thing. And he basically would talk to a little bird that he felt was the soul of his wife who was executed in the Holocaust. And the little bird basically told him, don't hate these Nazis, love them. You just love them, and then you'll... you'll Because otherwise, you're going to just come apart at the seams. You're going to end up dead. So just... Show love to every every living person, every living thing, because you know you're going to put the onus on them to go. Well, maybe God, this guy's a good guy. He's a really good guy. It's really good. It's one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. Man, Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. There's no E in it, though. What you know? else no. is on the? I didn't finish tenth grade,
2: but I've read all these fabulous <laughs> book lists. I'm just curious.
1: You just well, never cease to amaze me. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's. I learned a lot though. But I mean, look, I've known a bunch of bunch of really great people in my life that inspired me, and, and it just, uh, that's why I love sitting down. And, I'm, Steve, I'm so glad you came in today to, to be on the show, because I would like all people to understand. First of all, let me, let me go at it this way. Where I grew up, I was very, very lucky, because I grew up, again, with Catholics. Not a whole lot of Protestants, but a lot of Catholics, black people, and Jews. We loved meeting people who weren't like us. Instead of going, oh, they're not like me, I don't like them. We was like, no, man, they're, they're different than me. What can I, you know, how can I learn something from this? What's this all about? You know, your faith, your skin color, your what, you know, whatever it is, right? Uh, we enjoyed that. We didn't go, I don't want anything to do with them. And I never had anybody do that to me either, by the way. Nobody in the, in the neighborhood ever said to me, you know, because I went, I went to Jewish homes, I went to black homes, a lot of Catholic homes, all the rest of it always treated very well by everybody, so my experience as a little boy was a good one. I was like, eh, everybody's nice, you know I, do people just kind of isolate themselves in their own neighborhoods and just stay there and they don't ever meet anybody that's different from them? I think they stay in their houses now. I think they're probably, probably thinking that's that it's true,
2: yeah you know so yeah. In That's your why, yeah, day, yeah, exactly. the houses were 1,200 square feet and there's yep, no internet, yep. and you got five or six brothers and sisters. If, you're not, if you don't go outside, you're going to go crazy. Right? Yeah. And then today, and I'm guilty of it too, I don't know my
1: neighbors four houses away. No, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, it, it, it is a bizarre situation in that the people don't want to talk. Even when you're walking down the street, I walk down the street and people, like, you know, if I'm Melissa, I'm the guy walking down the street. They stare at me until they get right up to me and I go, hello, and then they look away. They will not continue to make eye contact, and they will not respond. It, and I think it's because they're frightened. They don't know who I am. That's not the issue. It's just they don't want to talk to people. You're not they wearing
2: don't... your FBI hat on the West Bank again, are you? Because
1: <laughs> that might be part of the problem. All right, so <laughs> once in a while, when things get weird... I have a I have a concealed carry permit. I don't carry a gun usually, but once in a while I have to. Right? So I'm walking along, and there's a, a guy. It looks like a Spanish man. I don't know you know where he's from, but he's really nervous. I'm like from again Melissa to me, and he's just he's backing up and he's kind of avoiding eye contact and he just he won't look at me. I'm going, what are that's all about? And I look down, and you could actually see the pistol, the outline of the pistol. See that could be a but here's what's even worse. <laughs> I get in, and I go into the men's room. I look at my hat, and it says, U.S. Border Patrol. <laughs> the U.S. Border Patrol gave given me a hat, and I was wearing that, and had a gun. Some of these I'm issues like, may Ooh. not be as complicated as <laughs> <Exactly>. you think. <laughs> Maybe not. And I was like, Tom, come on, man. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. Steve Hunting's in studio. We're going to learn even more about what it means to be a human being, because that's kind of all that matters, right? We'll be right back with the family.
0: And the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as
1: little as three weeks. Go to ChrisLindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. I keep, I keep forgetting we don't have bumper music because Cassie is on the, she's on tour with Darkness Dave, her husband, so then she plays the bumper music and all that good stuff. Steve Hunting's in studio with us uh, today. We're talking about why people see things the way they see them. And I talked to, uh, talked to Steve about the fact that in my neighborhood, meeting people who maybe weren't like you was, was exciting and it was fun. It wasn't like, oh, you're not like me, I don't like you. We didn't have that fear. I still, to this day, and people think I'm mentally ill because I don't have fear. I just am not afraid of anyone or anything. You know, I have the fear that, you know, I want my loved ones to be safe. And, I, you know, that that if there is any fear there, that's what it is. But to be afraid of another human being just doesn't happen for me. It just hasn't since I was a little kid, to tell you the truth, right? But I do remember being at St. Joseph's and... and We'd be down there. We start school in September, and then six weeks into it, a guy named Joe Greenstein, who had a show called the uh, show had a store called the the biggest little store in the world on Plymouth Avenue and Forest Street, and he would go around to every school, public schools, the Jewish schools, the Catholic schools, all of them, and give every kid in North Minneapolis a pumpkin, and he literally became known as Pumpkin Joe Greenstein, and we all knew that he was a nice Jewish man. He ended up being the uh, Northside Alderman, but uh, and he would come and say hello to everybody. It wasn't just like here, here's a bunch of pumpkins. He wanted to come and spend time with you and meet you and shake your hand and go, hey, you know, you're a good kid. Don't worry about it. It was a very poor neighborhood, very poor. Uh, so I didn't ha- I didn't have these experiences where uh, you know my mother and father didn't sit around and go, oh, you shouldn't hang around with those, those gypsies or you know they didn't have any of that. Matter of fact, I married a gypsy. Andy's part gypsy. Mm-hmm. She's bohemian. <laughs> so in any case, I, I grew up. I was very, very fortunate. We yeah, were poor as hell. There's no doubt about that. But in a societal in a societal way, it was I was very, very fortunate growing up with all these different kinds of people, because I never got the impression, well, you're you're not like me. Uh, why? I mean, I guess the United States doesn't have borders other than state borders. It really don't matter. You don't have to have a passport to get into another state or anything like that. So maybe it's just the, the wide open United States is like, hey, we're all American and God bless you. But some people don't see it that way. I I still go down. Good example what I'm talking about. 20 years ago, we started spending time down, down in West Palm Beach in Florida. And um, I'm going to play in this golf tournament. And the guy comes up and says, uh, we put everybody with, you know, something they have a lot in common with. Oh, there's somebody here. Somebody's coming in to stir that. Is that Adrian? Probably. Is that Adrian? Here he comes. Okay, no more talking about black. people. No. Cats out of the bag. He grew up. the guy grew up in Mississippi. Did you grow up in Mississippi? Till I was ten. Till you were ten. Well, it's pretty much. Back when
3: I was seventeen.
1: Have a seat, man. It'll be great to have you on the show. I think. Is that is that uh, the the? You corded? can
3: you can use those, and then we can hook you up here.
1: We'll get you all connected up. Adrian Washington's in here. First time I've ever met him in person. I'm very, very happy to meet you, man. Adrian's a good guy. Oh, I shouldn't say it right in front of you though. you a good guy you are. Well, while he's getting set up, we have a caller. We do, okay. Who's the mm-hmm. caller? I don't know. Hello, caller. There's a switch. That's what I was gonna say. Or not. All right, we don't well, Hello. A... Oh, there, there you, you go. Are.
0: Hello. Oh, shit. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, nobody, said, nobody said my name, so I didn't know it was supposed to be me. No, I'm zoning out a
4: little bit.
1: The phones don't really uh, work right. Yeah, we don't have it. We just moved studios last week, or this week, actually. So uh, this is only our fourth show in the studio, so they're putting the phone lines in as we speak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what is he on, like a Skype line or something? Something like that. Something like that. So what is your first name, sir?
0: Oh, I'm Sam, uh, and I'm Sam from St. Paul. I actually know Steve Hunnigs. Uh, do tell people that. That's a bad idea. My grandpa was the Jewish Community Relations Council in the 80s and worked with Steve. I don't know if Steve's still on the air right now.
4: Yeah. I'm here, yeah. Hi,
0: Sam. So, so Steve, uh, nice to hear you talking again. So, um, anyways, I would call in kind of to talk a little bit about the anti-Semitism, but also just point out a couple things that I heard. On the morning show today on KQ, but also here, Mm -hmm. we're talking about anti-Semitism, and I agree that it exists both on the far left and on the far right. Mm -hmm. But I think an important distinction to make is that a lot of the far left, anti-Semitism is rooted in, as Steve said, really vitriolic criticism of Israel, right? And specifically policies towards Israel. Yep. Conversely, the anti-Semitism on the alt-right that we're talking about—you know, like the crazy conspiracy
2: theorists—they
0: yeah. actually kill people, right? The Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh yeah. Tree of Life synagogue shooter, which actually my uncle is head rabbi at Temple Sinai synagogue in Pittsburgh, which is a oh, mile away from here. Yeah, him. yeah. He was listening to these conspiracy theories about George Soros, you know, manipulating the world, uh, elders of Zion stuff, essentially, and I think. While it's fair to criticize the anti semitism on both sides, you have to, like, I don't want to relate everything back to President Trump, but a shocking number of alt-right people are willing to resort to violence when I just don't think that's still present on the left.
1: No, I think you're right about that, Sam. The only problem I have with the left is they have no problem destroying your life, though. They don't kill you, but they do destroy your life and your family. The, the, the far left is, is really well known for it. We just, we'll go after you, and if it hurts your family, too bad. That's the part I don't like. And you're
0: talking about reputationally and like in the media and by and, and you know what, I'm not saying anything no, about no, I you understand. specifically of no, um, anything like that. And I do I do think that some of it has become crazy and it too has. much. Yep. But just for instance, like earlier on your show today and on KQ, Pete Hedges and you both referred to Elizabeth Warren as Pocahontas. No, I, I heard didn't. that. Like, no, I, you to, didn't, not.
1: but he did. I heard that. I'm I didn't, like What's what, wrong no, with you? No, wait you? a minute, Sam. But, but, why did you but, but, say but. I said that?
0: Um, earlier today, you you were just saying what he said on the show like 40 minutes, 30 or 40 minutes ago.
3: No, I okay, wasn't. Okay, but
0: even, say, even, if, even if I misheard it, let's just say Pete said it.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Whether or not you want to say that's racist, it's certainly racially insensitive. Tribes around the yeah, country have said that's derogatory. They I don't agree. want to use it. And... It's not even addressed or it's not even it's just he casually throws it out there. And I think that's an example where, you know, maybe not get crazy and totally up in arms about it. But that's the pervasive, casual stuff that exists that people on the left feel like isn't addressed. When did he?
1: When did he say that? Because I, 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 am not lying to you here, Sam. I don't remember him saying that. Uh, when did he say it? Because I don't remember him saying
0: that. Um. So he was on for he was on for about forty minutes, and I think it was yeah, almost an hour he was talking okay. about authentic Authenticity of far left candidates like Bernie Sanders and a little Oh yeah, yep,
1: yep, I remember that part. Yeah. Okay.
0: And and he said Pocahontas. But so then, just on top of that, right, like, I'm not going to start railing on Fox News, because I could do that all day long, but your listeners probably don't want to listen about that. No, that's fine. But that's fine,
1: because, uh, you know...
0: Pete Hegseth, right, um, uh-huh. who I think is a smart guy, yeah, he's very smart educated, guy, very good-looking guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's um, true, Sam. I,
0: I took some notes, right? He talks about illegal immigrants or uh getting all this welfare that we have to pay for somehow. That's a lie. Illegal immigrants aren't eligible for federal lawfare. There's e verify to check fake social security numbers. Right? Like I'm in an immigration law class right now. I'm learning okay. about this. Yeah. And we okay. can ha- have the whole like uh educational indoctrination conversation another time. But that's an untruth that scares people. Yeah, I understand that. Right Sam, and, and I think they're playing into that or that, okay, let's talk about, and, and I'll, I know I'm talking a lot, so I'll get your opinion in here because now it feels like I'm hosting the show.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, it works for me, man. I don't have to work. <laughs> let's mention the sponsors. <laughs> mention
0: so, the okay, sponsors, let's talk yes. about four people going to college, right, or yes. with the free college. Yes, right. Which, personally, I support I support free junior college. Yeah, okay. Or community college. Yep. Which I I think is a really kind of good intermediate step that wouldn't cost us as much. Right. But that would be paid for in Elizabeth Warren's plan and Bernie Sanders plan by the top 1% of earners, right? It'd be a wealth tax. So I also think it's unfair to say that poor people are going to be paying for that in their taxes. Because well, based on these plans, they're really, that feels like a generalization and they're really not going to be paying more. It's going to be covered, you know, by the millionaires and billionaires.
1: Uh, I don't know that they're ever going to be able to make that happen. But if he did, you know, I, to tell you the truth, if that were true, Sam, I would have no problem with that whatsoever if that was indeed true. But that's how it, it never works out that way. It always works out that, it, that everybody right. pays.
2: The, the other thing that I heard him say that I, I, I wished I'd been in the room was he said, you know, that free college stuff never works. Well, what about the GI Bill? That worked pretty well.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. well, you yeah, that, You could right.
2: say or, that you know, broke the economy in the like, U.S. in the yeah. 60s.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah. No. And, and I think part of the reason our country is falling behind a little bit is because whether there's a level of truth to it or not, there's become this like uh, feeling that half the country has that colleges are anti-American. Right. And they're indoctrinating people. And it's becoming a skepticism and a suspicion of advanced learning mm-hmm. where, you know, it, in in China and Asia and stuff, they're just pumping kids through school, getting them as schooled up as possible, and I think that's why they're outperforming us in some STEM areas. Mm-hmm. But it, stuff like this scares me, and I feel like PeepheadSys doesn't do enough to play fair. And I'm not saying that the other networks play fair either, right. but watching, right. you know, like, so I, So, what do you think about that? I'm trying to... Well,
1: here, here's the um, problem, and, and Sam, if you were listening to the whole show, I, I don't like the fact that I do reach out to people like Governor Walls and Amy Klobuchar and all these people, and they don't even respond. I, I asked to have them on the show because I would like to get everybody's side of, of these stories, uh, but they mm. don't even respond when I ask them to be on the show. So I don't know what I can possibly do about that. You know, I'd love to have these people well, so on. so I'm
0: not even talking about your show. I'm just saying when it, it frustrates me when Pete Hegseth comes on and And you're right. You're trying to give a full voice, and it would be sweet if Tim Walls did come on, because he seems like a funny, great guy.
1: He seems like it, yeah.
0: I have no idea if if he is or not.
1: No, I understand that he Um, probably is. I know Amy Klobuchar is a very nice person. I don't know her, but I know I have friends that are friends of hers, and they think the world of her. They they think she's a great person. So, yeah, I would love to have Amy. According to
0: the people who worked in her office. (laughs) Well, there is (laughs) that, Sam.
1: Yeah, you're right about that, Sam. Sam, here's what I like about this, Uh, and you'll notice uh, the same situation with you. A lot of hosts would have gone after you for saying that I said I called her Pocahontas, which I didn't. But I don't do that. You're nice enough to call in. I want to hear what you have to say. And I would invite everybody to call in, and I, I'd love to hear what they say. So, Sam, if, if you thought I said that, uh, uh, I'm sorry you got that impression because I didn't say that. Um, I don't know who may No, have... I,
0: I, and you, I appreciate that. And no, I didn't no want to, uh, you know, like, accuse you or anything. And it's awesome that this has been, you know, I doubt it would be this long on the radio because, you know, I feel like way more people are listening. You'll be fine. But it's Don't been worry. it fun though. to have this conversation.
1: Well, call in anytime, Sam. So I'd love you. to talk to you about all of these things. I'd love your take. Say, maybe I could have you on instead of Governor Walls and any Klobuchar. We'll I, I was going
0: to say, you know, if I have to be the one to call in once a month and provide a Democratic perspective from somebody in their mid twenties who. Is it crazy, but believes like the government can still help people?
1: Well, let's
0: not let's not I'm qualify to as you
1: being not crazy. You might be crazy, Sam. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Well, <laughs> I
0: don't think I seem crazy yet.
1: <laughs> Sam, seriously, call into the morning show. I would love to have you on the morning show. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because it's just the distortion uh, is yep, too much. But yep, so yep. back to the original anti-Semitism point. How is George Soros different from the Koch brothers? Except I hate them all. That it's so, it's antisemitic. And the way that he's portrayed and the Koch brothers aren't are is semitism The illustrations, the cartoons, the way he's vilified.
1: Uh-huh.
0: He's just more big money.
1: Yeah, he is big money. You're absolutely right. But I I've made it very clear on the show, Sam, that I'm not a big fan of of uh you know either side the extreme right or the extreme left i am pretty much a centrist to i tend i tend to lean a little uh left because my mother was an ardent democrat and i love my mother i try to get everybody's viewpoint i don't attack my guests i don't go i don't think you've ever heard me attack one of my guests have you no i mean it's usually just just laughing and fun I just yeah, that's what I do. So Sam, please do call it. Call this show and call that show because I'd love to. You seem like a pretty smart guy for a friend of Steve Hunting's.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> he Goes
4: well, yeah. Thank you, <laughs>
1: Sam. Do call in, would you please?
0: Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Absolutely.
4: A couple points there, uh, if you. Want oh, absolutely. To, you know, one of which is, I meant to say something. You know, uh, with all due respect. Gypsies, we gotta be careful about that term because that was a derogatory term, you know, GIP, right? Like yeah. Roma, Roma people, I guess is the what we use and go back to the days of the Holocaust. First it was the disabled in Germany. They yeah, were the that's first right. people that were That's right upon whom they used poison gas. Mm-hmm. And then the Roma, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Jews, the homosexuals, priests and the like. So mm-hmm. it's Careful, because the just remember the Roma people were also targeted. I can't
1: of, call my wife a gypsy. You can do whatever you want. The press, easy G- I'm just not uh, on the air. We won't do it on the <laughs> we'll air. Just anymore. be a little
4: careful. And yes, I agree with Sam. The Pocahontas is a terrible appellation, a terrible thing to call a person. So I, you know, it's part of the the broader question. Can't we just treat each other with respect and on one, the merits? Do it. And I, I and, and, saying, and, on the, the and on the merits, by the way.
1: I agree with Sam, by the way, that the, the, the right tends to get very violent, whereas the, the left tends to just... It's
4: true. Can't just, be denied.
1: They literally try to destroy your life, though. I mean, the fact we talked about this earlier, Adrian, uh, the Star Tribune decided they didn't like me about 15 years ago, called me racist and anti-Semite. Well, they never called me anti-Semite. They never did that. Racist, homophobic, and sexist. It's just insane. The whole, is, would you bring his mic? <laughs> Are you gonna hold that mic like that all the entire hour? I am. I can't, I <laughs> am. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they called you all that. that. Do you hear that feedback in there? Yes. good. Yeah, it's coming. All right, we'll get
4: it all set. Um. The racist part
1: I agree with.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. That's really great.
1: Idea. Yeah, there's no question. Matter of fact, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Adrian. Steve, you can stay for another segment? Sure, if you want me to. Oh, I'll be terrific. Okay. Adrian's going to be doing a show. We're going to give away some tickets. We're going to do all kinds of stuff. It'll be great. We'll be right back in just a few minutes with the family.